What's up? This is Daily Shman number 198. It might be a little bit loud. I'm painting in a garage right now, but I was listening to an audiobook and I can't write anything down because I'm painting, so I thought I would talk it out with you guys. So let me see where the best place to put you is, I guess right in the middle of this painting. So um, I am listening to Aware, which is by... Dan Siegel and I've listened to it in bits and pieces because it's it's just it's full when I say that this is one of the best books I've ever obviously I'm listening to it so I'm gonna buy it and read it eventually but that I've ever read slash heard um it's it's crazy it is I probably have used it for maybe six or seven different episodes here right um and right now basically the last few chapters I've been going through have been talking about, you know, um, keeping an open mind about the origins of awareness of, of how consciousness is related to the body and, you know, typically our natural, well, I guess say like a Western predisposition is that the body is everything and the chemical, scientific, biological, concrete thing is what is powering everything else and kind of just relying on the idea that the body creates the mind and the mental experience and consciousness when while the mind right might rely on the body which i think people like deepak chopra and you know some other people in that space might might be willing to argue let's say that it is dependent on having a body at least as a medium um it is not necessarily like a causal thing. It's not necessarily that the body can create a mind, um, especially when we have evidence, right, in our own lives of how the mind can shape the body. The mind can choose to focus on things and create neural budge. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> I messed up. I was thinking too hard. Okay, so the mind can um, heat. This is why people. This is why people don't art and talk. Maybe they do, but I yeah. So the mind can shape the body in terms of your neural pathways, in ter- terms of neuroplasticity, what you choose to focus on, concentration exercises. All of those things um, have provided ample evidence that it's not a one-way street from the technical into the experiential. Um, and so that's like the first part that was like blowing my mind. Um, and I guess that I intuitively prefer that idea that, you know, it's not just chemicals that makes up our experience. It's not like, it's, it's just a very human and the egoic way to think of things in my opinion, you know, like, okay, you really, like maybe it's a comfort thing. I think a lot of the Western, honestly, mental illness of theories um, come down to wanting to feel better about being in a limited body. That's what I think at least. So, but anyway, so let's, let's keep going. Another thing that, really resonates with me um and I didn't have an awareness of hope you can hear me is like the idea that son of a bitch <sighs> whatever we're gonna try it all right the idea that in terms of um what consciousness really is there's evidence and plenty of theorization that Consciousness didn't start with self-awareness. It started out of necessity of needing to be able to 
diagnose and empathize with someone else. So let's say you wanted to, you have to go hunting, so you have to leave your kids with one of the other people in your prehistoric, not prehistoric, but you know, um, tribe, your homies, right? You have to leave your children and your children's survival is basically based upon the mentality and the capacity of this person to take care of your kids and have the ability to stay aware you know what mental state is the caretaker in that's an extremely important metric to this proverbial version view that's like a hunter gatherer type person and like worried about the kids um so the the necessity to understand the self is is probably newer is basically what the the theory goes that um it's it's positing that awareness is not itself a thing it is a model and it's not based on the self it's based on what you think someone else might be experiencing if they were experiencing what you're experiencing so this is mirrored and i think one of the biggest supports of this um theory and this idea is how we have attachment styles in children which i've talked about a lot especially regarding um the book the the book shit the body keeps score um by something vessel der i don't know something i don't know i've talked about it before just look it up it's one of my favorite books um basically you know you know kids develop entire self-awarenesses centered around their caregivers and the mental state of their caregivers as a coping mechanism so not only can we do this as adults and in this hypothetical uh, evolutionary perspective that's what i'm posing but also that's what kids continue to do and why we have so many mm, why it's so impactful how someone treats you in the first four years of your life um creates these attachment styles that end up becoming a lot of our personalities if you don't have if you don't have the awareness um to heal yourself you will be stuck usually based on how you are treated because that's how you model your reality off of which again kind of comes back to this idea that there isn't an awareness innately in and of itself which i think is pretty aligned with um you know buddhism and what the dalai lama calls um i guess him and, and several other writers call like an innate existence like existing on its own accord and existing and independent of other things that there is a whole that can exist without the parts um anyways i, I really like this idea because you know it would make so much sense that we we don't have a self without other people and why survival and social socialization is so important to the human survival um because we model things off of other people we we learn to smile as babies not because we understand the significance of a smile or not because we naturally you know not because smiling gives us something it it only really gives us something in terms of a social um reinforcement i, I mean it, maybe it does you know it obviously releases endorphins and we can kind of work backwards in that way but i, I would say that the behavior is normalized and solidified in babies because people are constantly smiling at the baby people are constantly happy as soon as the baby smiles it's reinforced over and over again socially so what else we've talked about how the the consciousness is not necessarily dependent you know 
uh, causally on the body, right? And then the other piece that your awareness is, could potentially only be a, a hypothesis, right? Your brain and your mind doesn't actually have a self-awareness or at least it didn't, that didn't come first in the evolutionary understanding of consciousness. It, it probably started in this theory based on needing to understand what another person is experiencing in order to please them, keep them happy, not die, not get killed, not get rejected. Those things were necessities first. So that's why I really, you know, appreciate that mental, I mean, that proposal, which, you know, then we get into the modern indication or reinforcement, or at least like a corroborative evidence is in the attachment styles and how we build up our, our, our version of ourselves based on how we're treated. And that's why, you know, hurt people hurt people and this, that, and the other. Like, you create a model and then your brain, a, and your brain and body, which are these very limited and very intentionally energy efficient devices, they try to calculate a world that is, you know, with the least amount of dissonance. They try to calculate a world that is contingent with your established and reinforced version of reality. So I just think that's really interesting because, again, it, it, it reminds me how important it is and how upsetting it is when people don't heal and then they have children. Because we, I think that... so. <laughs> So, which, you know, obviously makes me more passionate about people finding healing before they have children, or at least parents understanding how they, how attachment styles work in, in order to prevent inadvertently reinforcing something and then acting like it's not their fault later on. Um, but again, this is, that's a lofty goal and it, it, it takes some free will and co cooperation from the parents and individuals. So, but that goes further into like the idea that we we don't know what it's like to be healed on a grand scale in this way we don't know what it's we haven't um i think one of the next steps in i mean human i don't know wellness overall is is not just a individual but as a species would be to find the um the attachment styles we want to reinforce what gives us the best chance of survival? What also creates the human that is the most helpful to society, healthy overall? Um, you know, like, can we... Obviously, it's going to be up to individual people to... It's almost like raising a good kid. Like, there's infinite ways to be a good person, <laughs> so to speak. So the idea that there's a right way to develop a child. Yo, my mama just called me and asked me if I wanted a giraffe. The answer is yes. The answer is always yes. Okay, so anyways. Wow, I'm super geeked. I'm painting. Um, the weather is beautiful. I'm getting a churro. I'm talking about evolutionary importance of healthy attachment styles and healing your trauma before you have kids. This is just a really good day. So anyways, um, back to the topic at hand. I don't remember exactly what I'm saying, and I probably... I'm just spewing ideas at this point. That's kind of what these have become, huh? Um, is this my dog? This is my animal. Hello? Come on me.
right. Um, let me wrap this up while I finish this line. Look, I just think that it's really, it's a really cool concept to think that, you know, keep open mind that things are not as mechanical as we want them to seem, especially as human beings. Like we, we treat ourselves like animals in the weirdest situations where it's not helpful. And then we treat ourselves like, you know, free will, just fucking badasses and the, in the most inefficient places possible. We, we look out for each other in the places where it's like none of your fucking business. And then we don't help each other when, you know, it's for the good of all for everyone to be at a standard of health and happiness. But anyways, I think that the main idea that these like concepts and, and, and propositions bring up for me is just that, you know, I wonder where that point is going to be. And and I think the other thing too to think about is that these are theories, right? We we we're using the mind to try to understand the mind. There's an inherent, you know, um limitation, I'm sure, that we are working with. And there's also bias and there's also the fact that we're still evolving. Like there's no telling if our minds um, need, from an evolutionary standpoint, to understand themselves. It, it really could come down to that. It really could come down to it would be no help, you know, to understand that. And that could be the same thing with the idea of God. Like, it might be evolutionarily not helpful. Similar to um, how in a lot of different spiritual texts and um, even the conversations with God by... Um, Neil Walsh, um, he talks about how, you know, God doesn't have any reason to make itself known in some way that someone is asking him to, him or her, you know, um, and that there isn't a way besides everything that is to do so. Like the, the idea of a shining old white man with a beard and a robe is not it is a completely fictional character and for god to endorse endorse a specific fictional character brings about what we've seen over and over again which is the demonization of one person who is seen as like the next buddha messiah whatever and eventually people kill that person anyways no yes no so it's just one of the things where what we think is the solution is not the solution so flipping this around to what we're talking about I kind of, I'm curious, right? You know, like we, there's a difference between evolution, for humans at least, I think there's a difference between excellence in terms of evolution, like just becoming more advanced and becoming or being optimized for the environment we're in. Because we kind of have it harder in some ways than other animals because we have human beings creating environments that are not conducive to the, to the advancement of the species. No part of Uber Eats is helping human beings become better human beings. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it shouldn't be around. I'm saying that it's a necessity based on all the other things that we've created that are not healthy for us. It is a, it is literally Wally coming to pass, right? Um, so I'm not saying it's really not the time for social commentary on what specific things can or cannot exist or should or should not exist. But it's a it's another example that we're not creating a world where it's beneficial to be your best self. We're creating a world where seven people benefit from everyone choosing convenience 
um, and cutting corners and capitalism. Like, that's basically the model. So, anyways, all of this to say that I think that for for just just for conversation's sake, not saying that this is something I'm truly committing to, but it could be that introversion and, and self-awareness is the advancement of humankind, but it is not necessarily what makes you the most fit for the environment we've created as human beings. To be honest, if we're thinking about things like from a pure evolution perspective, the number one way to guarantee you have kids and can participate in society and are accepted is if you are a perfect consumer. Even though we're making it really hard for the middle class to exist, even though we're killing it, yo, shut up. Um, technically, if I mean, if we're thinking about it as a game, obviously not as like a full on someone's life, it would appear that the middle class individual is pretty much optimal to have an average life because honestly, as human beings, average is safer than exceptional. Um, especially because people talk shit and people want to bring um, successful people down. And also a lot of the pathways to success are rooted in evil and capitalism. <laughs> um, so it's like there's the, there is advancement in evolution and in the progression of the human consciousness. And then there is advancement in capitalism and uh, status and society. And then there is um, advancement... No. And then there's ease. And then there is assimilation and conformity and being an easy target for the society you created. Like these are different versions of success depending on how aware you are and how you want, how hard in in air quotes you want your life to be. Me personally, I don't have, um, I don't see a benefit in being easily marketed to. I consider it a success every time YouTube asks me to tell them whether I'm a girl or a boy. (laughs) I find it super rewarding to not click on any fucking thing, to not set up anything to make it easier to market to me. I don't find it helpful to my mission of success to become easy to sell to. Um, And that's obviously within consumerism, but it's also within socializing and 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 relationships and shooting shot like I don't I don't think that there's any benefit for me personally to be to be in demand or to be easily impressed my definition of success does not involve being easy to please like (laughs) I don't think that that maybe if my values centered around um popularity or um, making other people feel um, at ease uh, in terms of like around me I, I, I enjoy people being happy and at ease overall but I don't think that I, I don't think it's my job or my mission in life to make men feel easy men feel safe to like explore their desires like I just don't I don't think that it's kind of like when Beyonce sells merch or something so I'm like, did you buy that? No. Beyonce doesn't need my money. I am rooting for her success. Do I think me, I should be paying money for anything? Like concert merch makes no sense to me. 
unless it's like super super hot fire which typically it's fucking not and maybe i'm just saying this because like i make my own art so of course i think like i have a style that i'm looking for and if it's not that style i think it's ass but i'm just saying like concert merch makes no sense i already paid for the concert what do i need that for I have my camera roll. I don't need evidence that I was there. And then this person doesn't necessarily need my money. Other people are going to buy the merch. So I don't have to buy the merch. There's a, a level of contribution I'm unwilling to give certain certain products. I'm just not. Um, and so that's just like my mentality. So it just brings up to me what the different levels of success are and how kind of being excellent is a bit of give it the Michael Jordan perspective like he is not liked as a person that much he is idolized as a supremely high achieving very talented extremely disciplined like just fucking you know anomaly he's given his props for what he's done in his life but if he if he valued approval or ease in relationships more than he valued winning he would be a different person and he would not have the life that he has which is we hope the life that he wants he is michael jordan like other people say son of a bitch Uh, no they don't say that i mean they probably say that (laughs) but hold on um they doing trash just hold on this is oh i got paint on my phone oh anyways let me wrap this up i'm just saying that depending on your value system excellence or success is very different me and my sister see success as two different things we see failure as two different things she does not like taking and obviously this is a very summarized version of of her as a person exclusively from my perspective it's not who my sister is in her entirety like whatever whatever um but my experience of my sister if if i'm making her into a very simple example person and and you know simplifying is that she does not like help from certain people she does not like to be dependent on certain people Uh, one second 